The Titans host the Los Angeles Chargers in their 2023 home opener this weekend. We are going to preview everything to watch. Got a great guest coming on who covers the Chargers to get that perspective. This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it. We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media and partnered with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, Justin Mello, and we're flushing week one down the toilet and moving on to week two. How's it going, Justin? Doing well. Excited to preview this game against the Chargers. Uh, It has the potential to be a doozy. It also has the potential to be a total nightmare. I'm very curious to see which way it'll go, and I've got some talking points I'm excited to get into. Yeah, let's start with the offensive coordinator change for the Chargers. Kellen Moore coming over from the Cowboys is supposed to get the most out of Justin Herbert and uh, really revamp their passing attack and, and get things going down the field more. The Chargers put up 35 points in a loss to the Dolphins last week. How many points are 34. they? No. The Chargers put up 34 points in a loss to the Dolphins last week. I mean, if the Chargers score 34 points against the Titans, they're going to win by double digits. <laughs> what do you make of this matchup, Justin? Well, there are a couple things. The first thing I want to say, and maybe I shouldn't get into it so early, but I'm going to. It's very obvious that the Titans have to make the Chargers play their game, right? They cannot get themselves into a shootout with the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me round off some numbers for you. The Chargers scored 34 points in that losing effort, as you said. They had 30 first downs. They went 9 of 15 on third down. They rushed for 234 net yards. That is astounding. That's obviously going to be interesting against the Titans, who've got the best run defense in the NFL. But the Chargers had 433 total yards of offense. They possessed the ball for more than 32 minutes. They were outstanding in this game on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Yeah. What let them down? It was the defense. It was the opposite of the Titans performance last week. Right. The offense showed up for the Chargers. Defense let them down in a major, major way. That's disappointing for a so-called defensive minded head coach, Brandon Staley, who very much enters this season on the hot seat. And in all honesty, week one did not go well for him. Right. Like, you know, I thought Kellen Moore looked fantastic. Brandon Staley, not so much. So it's very clear. Titans cannot get into a shootout with the Los Angeles Chargers. Absolutely. With that said, it's very it's very interesting that what do they got to do? They've got to run Derrick Henry. They got to lean on Derrick Henry, keep the Chargers offense on the sidelines. What they didn't do last weekend, right? Don't go away from the run game. Lean on your horse. Lean on the king. That's Derrick Henry. Leave Herbert on the sidelines. Frustrate this Chargers offense. And in all honesty, it's not the I don't think it's the bias in me. I think there's a chance the Titans could do that. I th- yeah. think they can do it. The Chargers' run D is atrocious. It was atrocious last year. I don't think it's going to be very good this year. Miami didn't run the ball with a ton of success, but they threw it up to Tyreek Hill for approximately 490 passing yards through the air. So they didn't have to lean on the run game so much, Miami, right? They said, we're going to air it out. You can't stop us, which is concerning for a Brandon Staley defense that has Derwin James, has J.C. Jackson, who's been awful, right, since coming over from the New England Patriots and was terrible in this game once again, J.C. Jackson. So they've got some names in the secondary, but they couldn't stop a nosebleed. By the way, a good test for the Titans. Can they throw the ball against this Charger secondary that really struggled? Right. Whether they can or can't, I don't know if they if they will. 
but they should be able to run the football with a lot of success. And that makes the Chargers play the Titans game. That's what they've got to do. If they successfully do that, I think this game could be closer than most people are going to expect. Certainly the national outlets who are going to probably predict a blowout win for the Chargers here. But if Mike Vrabel can make the Chargers play his game, this game has the potential to be a lot closer. And dare I even say, as pessimistic as I was last week, dare I even say Titans could pull off a win if they play their game. Right. And look, the Titans open this as a three-point home dog, which is pretty interesting uh, betting-wise because the home team usually gets two and a half to three points in just like automatically from the spread. Titans are three-point underdogs at home here. But what's really interesting about this matchup to me, you kind of said it all there, is the this is a matchup of strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness because the Chargers' strength is their offense, particularly on Sunday it was their running game, but we know Justin Herbert can throw the ball. Titans' strength is their run defense. Uh, Weakness-wise, the Chargers' defense was bad. That's one of their weaknesses. Titans' offense, not good. That's a weakness. So you have weaknesses pitted against each other, strengths pitted against each other. Something's got to give. They can't. The Chargers can't play bad defense, and the Titans play bad offense on uh, this weekend. I mean, they can if like Titans are dropping wide open passes or Ryan Tannehill's not hitting wide open <laughs> receivers. So, uh, but that's not what I mean. And uh, the, t- the at the same time, the Chargers can't run the ball with tremendous success, and the Titans play great run defense. There's a lot of paradoxes here, so it'll be interesting to see who wins the strength on strength and who wins the weakness on weakness matchups in this game, because ultimately that will determine things. I think that the Titans have a pretty good advantage when it comes to their defensive line pass rush against Justin Herbert and the chargers. I'm going to say this probably every week this year, this is sort of their, their best hope to be a great team is that they can, can make opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable. They sort of did it to Derek Carr in the first half last week against the saints they had a lot less success doing so in the second half. It's going to be something they need to be able to do for four quarters if they're going to beat the Chargers. But I do wonder if the Titans sort of overreact to last week's per- performance where Tannehill dropped back 40 times, Derrick Henry only runs the ball 15 times. If they overreact to that and they sort of flip those numbers, not completely because I don't expect Henry to have 40 carries, but go much more towards a balanced run-pass split. Or if they lean into how the Dolphins were able to have so much success which was a lot of downfield targets. It was also a lot of Tua Tungavailoa anticipating his extremely fast receivers getting open down the field, releasing the ball before they had broken open. I don't expect Ryan Tannehill to have the trust in his playmakers to be able to make those plays. The Titans playmakers don't have the speed to make those kind, same kinds of plays. And uh, Tannehill hasn't shown the ability to like trust his pass protection enough to stand in the pocket and make those plays regardless So I don't know that that would be the best strategy, but I wonder, since we already saw the Titans drop back 40 times and we saw the the Chargers give up 460-plus passing yards last week, if the Titans say, we're going to attack the Chargers' weakness or we're going to play to our own strength, because those are not the same thing. This will be something to track as we watch this game, but to me, I think the best course of action would be to just play to your strength in this one, especially after you didn't do it and you lost a week ago. I agree. Uh, one thing I'm going to monitor in this one is you talked about how the pass rush and, and all that, but this is a bit of a different beast in, in my opinion, slightly. I mean, there are weaknesses for sure that can be exposed, but who got exposed on the saints offensive line, Trevor Penning, Arden key beat the crap out of that left tackle, right? Different beasts on Sunday. Ray Sean Slater is an all pro left tackle. 
who returned to the field for them on Sunday after missing most of last year with an injury. He was outstanding against a, you know, a, a very good Dolphins pass rush that has Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. Rayshon Slater, 80.9 overall PFF grade. That's third amongst tackles. 88 pass blocking grade. He was exceptional. Exceptional on Sunday for them. So you know what? They're going to have a hard time beating that left tackle. What that tells yeah. me, you got exposed to right tackle, right? I believe it's Trey Pipkins who starts for them at right tackle. He's okay, but he's not Rayshon Slater. That's where you got to take advantage of. That's where they're going to need Harold Landry to come up big where he didn't play in week one. Or I'm switching things up in all honesty. If I feel better about the way Arden Key is rushing the passer right now, and I do, I'm having Harold Landry go up against Rayshon Slater in all yeah. honesty. And if Harold Landry can't beat him, so be it. But if Arden Key can beat Trey Pipkins like a drum, you feel good about that matchup. What you can't have is you can't have Arden Key losing to Rayshon Slater and then a half sort of healthy-ish rusty Harold Landry losing to Trey Pipkins. Right. That spells disaster because guess what? If Justin Herbert's going to have time back there, he's going to find Keenan Allen. He's going to find Quentin Johnston. He's going to find Mike Williams, right? Especially against a Titan secondary that, you know, we're recording this a little early in the week, may or may not have Christian Fulton and Amani Hooker, who I expect are both going to be on the injury report almost all week long. Hooker's going to be in concussion protocol. You never know if you can clear that by a Sunday. And then Fulton with the dreaded hamstring that, you know, he suffered from in the past. So Titan secondary shorthanded and they can't really rush the passer with success. It could be a long day for them. Yeah. And, you know, all of the Chargers starting offensive linemen had pretty good marks for pass blocking grade from pro football focus, except for Zion Johnson, the guard who uh, he graded out 58.4 as a pass blocker, which is about average, not terrible. Everyone else was like pretty good to great in that game. You're going to be relying on your interior rushers to get pressure in this one. Arden Key had a great game last week, but Arden Key can rush from the inside as well. So you talk about moving him to the opposite side, move him inside, put Danico Autry outside, put those two guys on the same side to wreak havoc. They were the Titans' most productive pass rushers last week. See what they can generate together. And then Jeffrey Simmons, you put Jeffrey Simmons against Zion Johnson, he's going to win most of those matchups. But the thing is, the Chargers are going to double team him as much as they can. And we saw that the Saints do the same thing last week. So I think that, it's always going to be pressure. Pressuring the quarterback is always going to be of the utmost importance in any football matchup, any level of the sport. But if the Titans can find success there, it can limit what the Chargers are able to do in the passing game. If they can stop the run as well as they have, they're going to need to in this one because the Chargers ran that offense through the ground last week. And I think that surprised a lot of people. A lot of talk about Justin Herbert. He was the favorite preseason favorite to lead the league in passing yards. He has, you know, there's been a lot made about how Brandon Staley's offensive coordinators in the past haven't let Justin Herbert throw the ball downfield and that that was all going to change this year with Kellen Moore, who Dak Prescott threw the ball downfield a ton under Kellen Moore. So we didn't see that in week one. We don't know if that was a product of how Miami was defending them or if it was because they had so much success on the ground that they just stuck with it. It'll be interesting to see if they don't have that much success on the ground against the Titans. Do they still stick with it or do they say, you know what? There is a, this defense is susceptible to one very clear and obvious thing, and that is throwing the ball down the field. I have a feeling we're going to see a totally different looking Chargers offense this week. I think Kellen Moore is one of the smartest game planners and smartest play callers out there. He isn't a guy who just says, we do what we do, and they're going to line up and try to stop us. He's a guy that says, this is how we attack this particular defense, and we're yep. going to attack the Titans through the air. So that's what I'm expecting to see, which... I don't know. Justin Herbert could throw for 400 yards on Sunday, and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. 
I agree that Kellen Moore is an outstanding offensive coordinator. And I am very excited and curious to see how this is going to play out because uh, I thought he had a really good run scheme with the Cowboys, always underrated. And Austin Eckler looked so good on Sunday, rushing the ball against that Dolphins defense. So it will be interesting to see what kind of game plan they come up with and how they approach this. Because, hey, they may feel like we can run the football on anybody, but obviously the Titans have, in my opinion, the number one uh, defense in the league when it comes to stopping the run. So that'll be interesting. One other thing I want to quickly point out, and I'm going to be paying attention to, is uh, pass protection for this Titans offense. I thought it was pretty good on sun uh, on Sunday, as we said against the Saints. I think we were in agreement that it was pretty good. It was largely yeah. above average. Uh, the Chargers certainly a little disappointed with how they rushed the passer against the Dolphins last week. They've got two horses on the outside, right? Uh, and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Well, tell you what, PFF, Khalil Mack down for six pressures, Joey Bosa for four. All of them are actually quarterback hurries. Not as good as you think it was, the stats. In fact, Sebastian Joseph Day, their defensive tackle, was the only Charger defender to record a quarterback hit on Sunday. And guess what? Two is not the most elusive. Not great at extending the pocket, right? The fact that they were unable, and I know you've got a stat you want to get into, and I'll let you do it, that maybe some some of that up with how mm. the, you know the Dolphins got the ball out quickly. Uh, you you brought that to my attention, but I thought that was exceptional. Very disappointing for a Chargers D line that thinks it's going to be very good. And oh, by the way, the Dolphins were without starting left tackle Taron Armstead. Do you know who started for the Dolphins at left tackle? Yeah, Tennessee Kendall. Titans legend <clears throat> Kendall Lamb that, yeah. <laughs> started for the for the Dolphins at left tackle. And guess what? He was very good. So Chargers should be very disappointed with their inability to rush the passer. They'll like their matchups on paper here. Khalil Mack against Andre Dillard, Joey Bosa against Chris Hubbard. They'll love those matchups, but they liked some of the ones they had against the Dolphins. They were were not able to get home at all. That's extremely disappointing for them. So that's another key point to watch for me. Yeah, and you mentioned that I have a stat there that that could be you know indicative of why the Chargers were unable to get as much pressure as they may be expected to. Tua Tungavailoa was getting the ball out of his hands very quickly, which makes it hard to pressure a quarterback. He was at 2.45 average time to throw on all dropbacks. Ryan Tannehill was at 2.83 average time to throw, which is pretty good for Tannehill, um, but not not even. I mean, that that four tenths of a second makes a pretty big difference. Now, what is encouraging here is that on plays of less than 2.5 seconds, where the quarterback got the ball out in under 2.5 seconds, Ryan Tannehill was actually the second fastest thrower uh, behind only Bryce Young, which is interesting, 2.04 seconds. So if the Titans scheme up some plays to get the ball out of his hands quickly, on those plays, he was good. It was all the other plays where he held the ball too long and ended up scrambling or getting sacked that drive his time to throw up. So overall, not a great number. But when you look at just the 14 dropbacks where he got the ball out of his hands in less than 2.5 seconds, being at 2.04, I mean, that's near elite. He was near the top of the league yeah. uh, in that. So if the Titans can scheme up more of those plays, I think they can you know, mitigate some of the Chargers' pressure. But I am also curious to see because Tannehill is a guy that if it's not one of those designed quick hitters, he'll hold the ball and wait for the perfect throw and take the big hit to deliver the big play. You can't really do that against this defense. And if you are as off as you were last Sunday in terms of trying to hit those big plays, then you really can't do that. And so I think this game is going to come down to a few things. It's going to be it's going to come down to Tannehill has to play a lot better. It's going to come down to the Titans going to be able to run the ball with success and actually stick to it. And the Titans going to be able to stop the run and make the Chargers one dimensional. And maybe they will be able to be successful airing the ball out against the Titans. 
They probably will be, but if they are forced into those situations where it's obvious passing situations, then you let the Titans' def- defensive line and the pass rush try to get after the quarterback. That's sort of the recipe for success in this game, but it all starts with Tannehill just has to be better. And sorry, not to... I'm not going to touch on Tannehill right now, but I like what you said there because you get them to third and long, then what do you do, right? It's obvious pass. You know that's a great offense on the other side, but you just you play zone and you play the sticks, right? If you play zone, you play the sticks. Titans are really good at that, right? Making tackles short of the sticks. If you get him into third and 10, third and 12, Titans will give you those seven, eight yard gains in those situations, right? And, and make a ta- and make a short tackle. So that needs to be the approach for this one. I do think Tannehill will be better. Uh, in this game because mostly because a, as I said last week, he can't be worse and b this chargers defense boy. It was, it was really, really bad in all honesty. So th- there are going to be opportunities, I think for them to expose them and, and much better players in my opinion, in that same secondary. I mean, the way JC Jackson is playing right now, the way he's played since joining the chargers is almost unplayable in yeah. all honesty. And I think Derwin James is a great player and he'll bounce back, but there are some things they could expose there. But with that said, I think we should bring in our guest. Yes, I agree. Let's now welcome in our guest, Stephen Hagland, host of the Guilty as Charged podcast, the unofficial Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Stephen, thank you for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here uh, on a Monday night talking some football. So it's a nice cleanser for me after, you know, watching that disaster class of a defensive performance last night against the uh, Miami Dolphins. So uh, happy to be here. Yeah, you got the disaster class on defense and the Titans fans got disaster class on offense. So (laughs) we were talking about it earlier in the pod. This will be an interesting like weakness on weakness matchup here as opposed to like a strength on weakness somewhere. Um, But speaking of the Chargers offense, let's start here with our first question. What have you seen so far throughout, you know, training camp and in the first game different from Kellen Moore compared to what you saw from Joe Lombardi in our estimation, it seems like, you know, an inspiring hire. Kellen Moore did great things with the Cowboys. Joe Lombardi seemed like the pervasive thought was that he was holding back Justin Herbert. Um, but the, the Chargers dominated on the ground on Sunday, which maybe wasn't what people expected. What have you seen out of Kellen Moore? Yeah, I think it would have been hard for them to uh, not get an upgrade from Joe Lombardi and, and <laughs> what he was calling previously. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that Kellen Moore has really harped on and, and Brandon Staley as well publicly is is trying to find an, an an identity in the sense of marrying the run game and the passing game. You know, the, under Joe Lombardi, you know, they would have his traditional like West Coast concepts um, that obviously he's learned over the years from from Sean Payton, and then they'd be doing a lot of like San Francisco wide zone rushing attack stuff mm-hmm. because their run game coordinator came from San Francisco. And it just never really made sense. You know, you, you can't really use play action effectively when you're doing it out of run concepts that you don't really use all that much. Um, so Kellen Moore has come in and really tried to establish an identity up front in particular. And it, it's a much more aggressive downhill approach. <clears throat> and so far, I mean, the Chargers ran for 230 yards uh, against the Dolphins, which I expected them to lean into the run game, but not to that extent, um, <laughs> you know, against the Dolphins who who are have a really good offense and trying to keep, you know, them on the sidelines and play ball control a little bit made sense to me. Um, it, that part didn't really work, but that's another another topic later on. But, you know, just the way that Kellen Moore is, is tying everything together has been great to see. It's a it's a much needed change up. Um, we'll see what what happens from a passing game. But I mean, the Chargers had a historically good performance on the ground on Sunday against the Dolphins, and it was as 
a Chargers fan, it was great to watch because we haven't seen them run the ball like that since uh, good old number 21 Ladanian Tomlinson was around. So it's been a minute right. and uh, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch. Well, Stephen, I'll tell you this. I, I expect the Chargers to take a different approach this Sunday because unlike the Dolphins, you actually want the Titans offense to be on the field. Like if you're the Chargers, <laughs> that's the best thing for you. You want the Titans to play offense on Sunday. All kidding aside, uh, 234 rushing yards, I think yeah. it was. The Titans and the, the exact fact escapes my mind now, excuse me, but the Titans just set, I believe, an NFL record for like seven, what was it, Graver? Eight games straight where they've held opponents to like under 80 rushing yards. They're on like a crazy streak. They haven't won yeah. any of those games, by the way. They're 0-7 or 0-8 <laughs> in those games. But needless to say, they've, they've got the best run defense in the NFL. That's how we felt last year. We didn't see anything in week one to change our mind. Do you think that'll change Kellen Moore's approach this Sunday? Do you expect the Chargers to maybe go out there and try to air it out a bit more than they did against the Dolphins? I do. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I've grown to appreciate about Kellen Moore as I've studied the Cowboys offense is how he, you know, adapts to the weaknesses of the the opponent and also the strength of, of the team that week. And so, you know, it makes sense against the Dolphins. You want to run the football. They're the, you know, Vic Vangio is their defensive coordinator. So he kind of invites the run. And so, um, you know, that, that approach made a lot of sense. Trying to get into a fist fight against the Titans does not make sense to me at all. So um, <laughs> this is definitely a game where I think we'll see them air it out more. Um, I think when these two teams played each other last season, Joe Lombardi tried to do the whole run game thing, and that was kind of an emphasis that week. It, it didn't go super well. I think the Chargers averaged like three yards a carry that game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it, it's just it's just not smart football to try and go up against the Titans and and run the football at Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart and all these guys, Danico Autry. So um, I do expect them to air it out a little bit more and let Justin Herbert and these receivers go to work a little bit more frequently than they did uh, on Sunday against the Dolphins. Yeah, that we kind of mentioned that earlier in the pod too about how uh, you know Kellen Moore is going to attack a team's weaknesses, and I fully expect him to see what Derek Carr and the Saints did last week and try to expose some of those same areas flipping over to the defensive side of the ball for the chargers. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about Brandon Staley as the head coach there and some of the disappointments on defense, but especially disappointing. I think last week was the lack of pressures that this, I mean, the chargers have two stud pass rushers in Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And I think Bosa had like six pressures and Mack had four pressures and the only quarterback hit came from Sebastian Joseph Day on the whole day. Um, is this about the players executing? Is this about a scheme? Or was this maybe just about Tua Tungavailoa getting the ball out of his hands incredibly quickly in this game that that prevented the Chargers from getting to him more often? You know, definitely deserve Tua definitely deserves credit. Mike McDaniel as well. Um, I think his average time to throw was 2.5 seconds right on the dot which was, I believe, seventh highest, seventh fastest, according to PFF thus far. Um, but that's that's only part of the story, right? When the Chargers did have chances to get after him, they just were were not able to finish the job. And, you know, Khalil, I, I don't think anybody would really say that he's a super efficient pass rusher at this stage of his career. I think his pass rush win rate last year was like 13 14%. So it's it's a solid number, but it's not, you know, what he used to be. Hmm. Even last year, Joey, when he was injured and everything like that, in the in the six games that he did play, and his pass rush win rate, win rate was around twenty percent. And so, expectations for me personally for Joey were really high heading into this season. 
Um, and you know, he's, he's talked about, he gained 15 pounds in the off season. Cause he, he feels more comfortable playing at 265, 270, as opposed to 250, which he's done previously. Um, and for him to come out and have four pressures, his pass rush win, win rate was like 8% against Austin Jackson primarily, uh, was a huge disappointment. So there's, there's several layers of disappointment to the defensive performance against the dolphins, but, uh, Joey Bosa, this is a super important season for him in general, because they could potentially trade him. They could potentially cut him. Um, he's not as close to Brandon Staley as Khalil Mack is. So this is a very, very important season for Joey and for him to start off in such a poor fashion was, was incredibly disappointing. I, I think what Brandon Staley did is, is worse because he should know better because he's a smart guy and he shouldn't <laughs> throw 80% man coverage against the Miami dolphins with the two fastest re- receivers in the league. But I also expected more from Joey and Austin Jackson is not exactly, you know, a world beater offensive tackle. So for him to come out and just lay a complete egg uh, was very, very disappointing. And not just Austin Jackson, but Kendall Lamb out there at left tackle, right. former Tennessee Titan who Titans fans will never forget the week one game against Arizona a couple of years ago when uh, they <laughs> Kendall Lamb goes in for an injured Taylor Lewan on his first snap gets absolutely worked by Chandler Jones who had like Works. five sacks. In that oh, that game. was that game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I think Kendall Kendall Lamb came out there for one snap and Chandler Jones immediately put him <laughs> on his ass and sacked Ryan Tannehill. It was <laughs> brutal. Like so. Brutal. And then I, apparently Lamb played pretty well on Sunday yeah. from what I gather. So Chargers fans seem to be fairly disappointed with that. Uh, Steven, I, I think for the Titans to win this game, they've got to make the Chargers play their game, right? I think that's obvious, right? I think they got to run Derrick Henry certainly a lot more than they did on Sunday against the Saints where they peculiarly sort of got away from their game plan despite it being a close ball game all the way through. But they got to run Derrick Henry. They got to keep the Chargers offense on the sideline. There are a couple players potentially the Titans could expose on the Chargers defensively. Uh, one guy that sticks out to me, in all honesty, is a guy I've never been a big fan of, and that's linebacker Kenneth Murray, who uh, has sort of had a very uneven career to date, and I feel like the Chargers are preparing to move on from him, right? Drafting Dayon Henley, I think, in the third round this past year. But, of course, that's a third rounder. He's redshirting for now, essentially. Kenneth Murray is their starter. By all accounts, he had a nightmare on Sunday against the Dolphins, both in the run uh, and against the pass. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what's one way you feel that the Titans with their running game or even the passing game can expose Kenneth Murray on Sunday? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough career for Kenneth Murray. Um, He's had some injuries and things like that, but you know, the, the concerns that anyone had from Kenneth Murray coming out of Oklahoma was, you know, instincts, recognition, coverage, None of that has changed. None of it. Um, Can he get off blocks, right? Get off blocks. He's big enough to get off blocks. There have been times where the Chargers have, you know, designed run blitzes for him and designed ways for him to get into space. And, like, those are games where where he looks more comfortable. But, you know, Durham Smythe, like, just destroyed him on a couple of choice routes. And Durham Smythe's not, Mm -hmm. like, anything special at tight end, you know? Like, all due respect. Um, But it's just – it's a tough watch out there. And – um, there was a lot of very positive, optimistic talk from Chargers camp about Kenneth Murray and what he was doing next to Eric Hendricks. And, you know, the two of them were just like soaking up every second together and and kumbaya and everything like that. And so for him to come out and week one against the Dolphins, it just was was brutal. And 
You know, the the Dolphins game plan was pretty clear. They were either going after J.C. Jackson or they were going after Kenneth Murray. And uh, when coaches tell you what they think of your players, like you should probably be listening at a, at a higher level. So um, the thing with Kenneth Murray is, is he really, really struggles when there's motion in front of him and adjusting to, you know, when the gaps are changing and on the move, like outside zone gives him so much trouble because mm-hmm. he has to properly like wait the, you know, ride the wave and, and cut through gaps or shed blocks. And like, it's just, it's just a tough situation. If you're, doing gap and duo like i think he can handle that better because he is like a little bit more physical and, and that creates like some decisiveness for him but if you get out in some outside zone schemes kenneth murray's gonna have a really tough time well, that's where the titans had the most success <laughs> running the ball on sunday the few times that they tried to do it they should have stuck with it more but they had a lot of zone running success both outside and inside so um that will be definitely an interesting matchup to watch Steven, we really appreciate your time here. We want to close out with one last question. We do this with all of our guests on our preview episodes, but if you had to predict, how do you think this game unfolds? Like from a game flow perspective, um, what kind of game are we in for here? And if you're up for it, maybe a final score prediction. Yeah, I think this is going to be a typical Titans game because I, I, every time I watch the Titans, it's like 17 to 16, you know, 15 to 14, <laughs> like, it's just what they do, man. They just suck these teams to playing their their kind of game. Um, yeah. I, I I think right now on on Monday night, I would I would lean towards the Chargers bounce back win, but I don't feel like this is going to be you know a high scoring affair. I don't think this is going to be you know a Chargers win by multiple scores kind of situation. I think you know maybe this is like a twenty to seventeen game, but I think we'll see Justin Herbert really kind of air it out and, and make some big plays. And and that'll be the difference with Ryan Tannehill not uh, doing so hot on Sunday against the Saints. Yeah, both teams looking for a big bounce back here. So one of them's going to be 0-2 and, and one of them's going to get that win. We'll see how it unfolds. Steven, thanks so much for your time. If you're out there, make sure you are tuning in to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, Steven, have a great rest of your season. Maybe we'll see you for the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks again to Steven uh, for his time and insights there. Justin, you're doing a little home and home with Steven. You're going to be on his podcast, I hear. Is that right? I am. I'm hopping on the Guilty as Charged podcast to help him preview uh, Titans Chargers. I'm sure he'll have some great questions for me regarding the Titans offense. So looking forward to that. All right. Let's close this thing out with some predictions here. Uh, I kind of like what Steven said. I think I think what he said is very accurate, that Justin Herbert will air it out, and that will probably be the difference in the game. If the Titans find some magic this week and are able to like re- revive the passing game that was very much dead last weekend and hit some downfield shots, that could change the outcome here. But for now, my confidence is low. I do still have faith in the Titans defense, but at a certain point, just like on you know last Sunday, it will break if the offense can't get going. So I'm going to go Chargers 24, Titans 14. I got to see it. I got to see this offense score more than that before I go points. out and predict it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I can't believe I'm doing this because my confidence is low. I'm going to go with the Titans win. I, wow. I think I, I think back to that Cardinals game that we joked about how awful they looked and how they bounced back in week two against the Seahawks that year. Uh, and the offense wasn't very good that year either, right? It's a little bit better than it is now, but they scored 33 points, I believe, in that game. Huge come from behind victory. One in overtime, I think my memory serves me correctly. Now I got to see the offense as well. I'm not fully bought in here, but uh, I I just feel like the chargers are going to charge. If you know what I mean? I think Brendan Staley is a really (laughs) bad 
head coach that might not survive the whole season in all honesty. And I, I do think he'll be fired at the end of the year, regardless of what happens. And I think as bad as the Titans offense is, I think the Chargers defense might be worse, believe it or hmm. not. And I think they're going to expose some of that. They're going to, they're going to have a lot of success running Derrick Henry. They're going to stick with it. And the Chargers front seven can't deal with that. So keep Justin Herbert on the sidelines. I think the Titans bounce back. They hit a couple more plays in the passing game. They're going to make us feel really good about this. Probably let us down in week three, right? That's normally how this thing goes. But yeah. I'm going to go with the Titans victory. I'm going to go 23-20 Titans. Wow. Okay. I like it. I love the confidence. I wish I felt it. I just, yeah, we'll see what happens. I won't. Which is whatever, funny man. because you know, if you, <laughs> whatever, man, that's the best way to sum up Titans football being back. Whatever, man. If you watch the episode from earlier in the week, I was the one that was probably more pessimistic than you, but I'm the one yeah. that's here going with the Titans win. I just, I, I, I really don't think Bredden Staley is a very good head coach with all due respect. And I think they're, I mean, they were just a disaster defensively the other night, just a disaster. And I don't think they're going to write the ship defensively. Yeah, I, that's fair, and I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I wish, you know, I want to do it too, but I can't. I can't, I and I'm not going to. I hear gonna. you. I hear you. <laughs> um, all right, that will do it for this preview pod. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I mean, we appreciate the listeners, but we love the viewers on YouTube. So head over to the Music City Audible on YouTube. Hit subscribe and uh, give this video a thumbs up. Turn on channel notifications so you get an alert every time we drop a new video. That will do it for this one. We will be back to recap this game uh, early next week. So until then, you all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.